You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Coach Shepard. Well, I think that uh, with his stride length and, uh, and his ability to understand what we want in the offense, it allows him to play fast. And so he has a tremendous grasp of exactly what it is we want on each and every play. So I think as guys start to get that more and more and more, uh, they're able to play faster, and that's going to allow them to take the top off. Compared to where you were at the start of fall camp, do you feel like you guys have progressed where you want to be? I know you still got two games, to, two days to the next, to the first game, but do you feel like the receivers are where you want them to be? Certainly, we're right about where we need to be going with two practices left. Um, I think that the details of of what we're going to see from our opponent and then us being able to execute against those details uh, is continual all the way up until pretty much kickoff, and it, it continues even throughout the game. So um, I. A lot of people talk about the haze in the barn and, and things of that nature. The haze never in the barn, okay? So right, even on the sideline, we're, we're adjusting and making sure everybody's on the same page um, because the moment you think the haze in the barn, then all of a sudden they come out in something different, and guess what? You're not prepared for it. So you prepare for everything, all right, and hope for what they gave you. It's always more, always more hay, right? Correct. Uh, you're labeling these guys the takers. Why, why is that the way? To, to label these guys and why is why is that the mentality you want them to have? Well, they're earning that um, more than me just labeling that. So they're earning that that name um, through practices and then you know, we, I watch a lot of Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Jerry Rice is the GOAT, I'm just going to be honest with you. But, you know, I watch a lot of Larry because Larry, he just always seemed to pluck the football out of the air. So today I showed him some some still clips, of, of some frame-by-frame clips of, of Larry going and taking a football away from a defender who clearly had intercepted the ball. But all of a sudden, the next clip, you no, know, Larry's got the ball in his hands. So I want these guys to have that same mentality uh, to take the football too often receive are waiting for the ball to come to them versus being in attack mode and going after the football. I want guys in attack mode from the minute of the first snap of the ball. All right, when that ball, you come offline on digs and come downhill and attack the football on the post route. You're going to come and attack the football on the post route. We want to be guys who take the football out of the air versus allowing it to come into our body. Thanks. Taj Davis said that he's gained confidence. Was that something you instilled in him or something that kind of just came about? How did he gain that confidence. He's a very confident young man just in general. I think that um, you know he has found some comfort in the way that I coach him and what uh, how I'm pushing him. Um, he said to me the other day, you know, he just likes that he's being held to a higher standard right now. And that, to me, of all things, is is what you want to hear from your players. But ultimately, that's what you want to do as a coach, hold them to a standard and force them to meet that standard. Very often I ask them, hey, do I need to change the standard or, or what? And, you know, to me, obviously, it's a shot at them to let them know that they're not doing what I want them to. And, of course, anybody who says they want me to change the standard, then they're probably not a guy for for the dogs okay so uh it's probably not a true husky um so uh, guys want to be held accountable uh too often you know the guys think that they don't want to be coached hard they don't think they think that 
But ultimately, I've never heard any great athlete say, oh, my dad was so soft on me or my coach just told me all the time how great I was. No, they want guys who get after them, teach them, and help them to be the best version of themselves. And that's where we're at with Taj. He he really appreciates me pushing him to that to the, to the limit. You, you said that uh, you want the guys to be takers. Yes, sir. You didn't say if they actually were takers. Have they become that since uh, the start of fall camp? Uh, you got to be here on, on Saturday <laughs> at 7.30, and we'll find out. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that they have embraced the idea, though. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, it's, it's a mentality, and uh, I think they've embraced that uh, they, at points. You know, they're even looking at each other saying, hey, man, if it's not to the standard that we've set, they're saying, hey, look, we takers. We're not receivers now. You got to take that. So I think the more they embrace that, the more you're going to get production out of out of the crew that we have. Have the receivers and really the offense in general, has it looked any different now that Penix Jr. is taking all the first team reps? Uh, no, not a whole lot, uh, to be quite honest about it. I think that... Um, you know, we had a great uh, quarterback battle through fall camp, and all three of those guys um, have performed at a high level. And as I've kind of said before, we have had all the receivers rotating with all of them. So it really hasn't um, been a whole heck of a lot of difference in terms of, hey, it looks a lot different. You know, still the other guys are still getting reps too. All right, it's just now we kind of designated a one group, two group, three group, and even the receivers still rotate with the ones and twos. So then they're getting reps with Demo as well as as with Mike. So um, we're preparing for everything. So hopefully we have an answer uh, no matter what happens. Coach, I first of all wanted to ask you, I saw a thing with uh, Coleman Shelton with the Rams and uh, he got named a starter. Isn't that awesome? I I mean, how much satisfaction as a coach does that give you to have a guy like that? Um, so they sent the uh, they had they had a yeah they I think three times actually they had an article that I'd sent the other O lineman or their current O lineman and then they also had like a um, some kind of an interview sit down deal that I that was a YouTube video that we sent but that no that Coleman Coleman um, I mean I only got to coach him the one year but man he is he was he's what being a Husky is all about you talk about being tough detailed. Um, playing the center position he started every position while he was here on the o-line i mean he's he's awesome but to say the only surprise in the whole thing was that he didn't get drafted to me the fact that he's starting in the nfl does not it does not surprise me so and, and luke yep luke made the 53 he played really good we've been watching some of his clips um yeah, yeah, he played. He, I mean, he played uh, center, right guard, right tackle. Uh, excuse me, center, right guard, and left guard. Um, and it sounds like everything they really like him there, and, and really proud of him. Nick obviously was getting ready to start for the Browns. He got hurt in the second play of the preseason game, um, but he's 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 in a good spot. And then Caleb is also having a really good camp. I don't know if you've. Uh, they recently had an article on him, and, and uh, he's pl- he's playing as good a football as he's played so far in the NFL. So really fired up for all those guys. A little more satisfying for you when it's a underrated guy, a guy who's put in the work, as opposed to a guy who's supposed to do it. Uh, I would always say I, I've kind of always rooted for the under underdog, but I mean, if you can get to that level and 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 um, obviously stand out in a good way, I think that that's a quite an accomplishment for anybody. We talked to Nate Kalepo yesterday. What did you do to Nate? He doesn't look like the same guy. <laughs> Nate's come a long ways in his time here. Um, really proud of him. Uh, really excited for him. Um, he's just got to get back, you know, keep doing things right. And, um, yeah, he's in a good spot. He's in a really good spot. He's worked really hard in the offseason, 
whether that was workouts or his diet, um, kind of all of it, taking care of his schoolwork, and just he's really grown up a lot, uh, turning into a very uh, well-rounded individual, and we're extremely happy for him. Four new starters on the offensive line. Yep. With Corey, he's had a lot of playing time. But, um, you know, some of the other guys, do you remember your first start? Yeah, I did. I was against UCLA my freshman year. First play, tell me, what do you remember about the first play? Uh, first play was uh, they put me up against a D tackle. I had to try to reach like a, a two head up on the guard, and it didn't turn out so well. I didn't quite get there in time, so it was a TFL to start the game. It was a bad position. I'm still mad at Coach Cutter for that one. <laughs> That's Coach Cutter's fault? Yes, it was his fault, but, yeah, we're, we're real close. We'll make this sure to tag him on Twitter on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He won't care. He's, he's helping out at Boise, so he's, he's, he's good. What's, I mean, what's it going to be like? What do you tell those, you know, Roger and Nate, who haven't seen a lot of time? Um, they just got to go do what their, what their coach to do and what they've been doing, you know? I mean, it's really that simple. Like, after the first play, it's still football. There's a lot of buildup and stuff, but... Um, and we, we firmly believe that your confidence comes from your preparation and, and hopefully they've been putting in the work so that they walk out there on Saturday and they feel really good about themselves and they feel prepared and it's never going to go as good as you want it to. Um, that's, just, that's just probably anybody, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for those guys. It's also going to be Corey's, is this Corey's first start? Yeah, it is his first start, yep. I know that those guys have got to make a lot of calls and adjustments, and you've had some good ones over the years. Some yeah. guys that you've really trusted. You have to yep. really trust that guy. What's your trust level in Corey and getting the yeah. calls correct? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously we feel really good right now, and we'll, we'll see how the game goes for all those guys. I mean, I just, like, by no means is this the starting lineup rolling every, every, for the whole year. I mean, these guys got to continue to earn playing time. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, I feel I, I feel comfortable with Corey going out there and, and, and running the O line and the helping out the quarterback and all that. Yeah. Would you feel comfortable with the same five guys running the whole game, or do you plan on rotating some guys? In? Yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I have there's there's quite a few guys that deserve playing time, and like I said, we'll we'll just see how it goes. But um, there's there's some good guys that quote unquote aren't starting the game that that that. I have no problem playing, so we'll we'll see how it goes. How big of a deal is continuity if you're rolling guys in? Yeah, it, I mean that that's yes, continuity is what you want, but we also practice all the time with different combinations of guys. So hopefully there's some continuity there too. Uh, in a perfect world, yeah, you got all five guys, you set the set the lineup, you play all year with it. But that's just sometimes not how it goes. Most of the time, it's not how it goes. Yeah, three three first time starters in a game together. I know. Uh, I think it was. One of the coordinators was talking about when you, you coach guys in a room and you see them out there for the first time, you always get a little bit nervous. What are your feelings about these three guys making their first career starts? Yeah, I feel like they're they're prepared, and you know we've always said confidence is cash. And if their confidence comes from their preparation, feel like they're prepared right now, and you know they just got to go cut it loose. And and it's never goes perfect. Uh, there's never been a perfect game, but. You got to be mentally tough, and you got to, you know, you got to be able to fix some stuff on the run. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, you just got to let them go. You got to let them go. It's like dropping your kids off for school the first time, right? It hurts, but or, or but you know, you see the film the next day. We'll figure out, you know, how it went. Yeah. We'll obviously good. be ready to make some in-game adjustments if need be and stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah. Sounds I'm good. excited for them. Thanks, Coach. You yep. allows Trey, or Troy, sorry, to play both left guard and left tackle. Because that was kind of just in the situation for this game. But he, he's played both. So what allows him to have? Success? He's just he's just athletic. 
Um, he's strong and he's athletic. Uh, he's got a good grasp of the offense um, and understands concepts, right? Might be a little bit different at, at one position, but um, from another, maybe how you have to fit a block or whatever. But he, he conceptually, it's pretty, I think he gets it. And so it's uh, so his athleticism and then knowledge of the offense. And then with Rogers getting that right tackle spot, it sounds like there's a point in camp where something clicked for him or maybe just got the mentality right. Because Coach, I believe, DeBoer said he has the mentality you want as an offensive lineman, but sometimes you kind of got to reel. Yeah, it's, it's just... I would say it's a lot like with a lot of young players, it's just the fundamentals though, right? Like there's certain things that you can do maybe in high school or when you're over on scout team that you can get away with. But um, when, and then with our edge guys, right? Like, you know, with Braylon and Zion and Jeremiah, like we, you got to be right fundamentally or, or, or your eyes got to be in the right spot. You got to take the right footwork. Hands got to be in the right place. If you're going to have success for those guys, otherwise they expose them. And so I think Roger just took the next step, um, with his fundamentals, and that's kind of what what allowed him to continue to play or to play consistent at the level that we were looking for. And then with this scheme, it really seems like it bodes well for the quarterback to not get sacked. All the low sack numbers in this offensive scheme. But what allows this scheme to kind of just keep the quarterback? Well, I think I think Coach Grubb and, and Coach DeBoer do a good job with just you know it's not just straight drop back all the time, um, five step, seven step stuff. The quarterback has some outlets. The quarterback also um, can control the protections. Uh, which I think allows him maybe to, um, uh, what do I want to say here, um, allows him to, to know what's going on so maybe he can anticipate a quicker throw or something, whereas just like the O-line handling it, you know, um, that might not always be as advantageous for the, for the, for the quarterback. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Oddball question, because I don't know the answer to it. Is Jaden Green in your room? The long snapper. Oh no, I recruited him, but no, no, he's not, he he they they meet with uh, Coach Schmidt, Coach Crate, you know the the special teams coaches. So he's not really a center. Then. No, uh, uh-uh. although he's a really good athlete. Yeah, he's he's we we take him. He's just not quite big enough for us. He had a thirty pounds. Yeah, but he's still not. You know, he's. I think I don't know what thirty pounds is. I don't know if he's still if he's two twenty or two fifty. I don't know what he weighs, but he's not big enough. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Back to field. Coach Anoke. Hey, how you doing, man? Good. How are you doing? Sorry. Good. Good. Hey, I was just curious, specifically with this opponent, knowing kind of their rep as a fast offense. Mm-hmm. Coach Morell talked about how they want to try to run 100 plays, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Does that fundamentally change how you look at your rotations, or do you automatically go into the season thinking we're going to be playing more guys in a game like this than, or at least plan to play more guys? Yeah, I think going in you always want to have depth, and I plan on – no, I want to play these six guys, you know. I get a six-man rotation going. Um, 
But yeah, I think the, a team like this just just presents those substitutions a lot quicker. You know, I mean, guys are probably getting more gassed out faster than normal. So it's just about being able to get your sideline um, sideline, you know, um, substitutions yeah. on point. You know yeah. I mean, and they sub, you sub, and whatever. You know I mean, whatever, whatever, however the game. Um, plays out is being able to just have silent mechanics which is substitutions i know a former uh defensive line coach here used to call his substitutions hockey shift style mm-hmm. do you kind of approach it in the same way do you like to do them in groupings do you do you like to get them like in fall camp kind of playing together as groups to help with the communication in, in, and those things in, in a game like this it's you, you just want bodies out there yeah because they go so fast you know um, even if in drives if they're on the near sideline you want to try to get guys out if they're you get a chance to get guys in and out, you know what I mean? So it's really more so just like, you know, because we could have three guys out there, two guys out there, and, you know, it's, it's really about just getting guys out there, bodies out, fresh bodies out there, trusting that they can get out there and execute. Yeah. And, and considering that the quarterback is always a threat to carry the ball in every play, apparently, when they're, when they're looking at their stuff, how, what kind of specific stress does that put on you guys inside? Uh, inside? Yeah. You know, very rarely are we on the queue, you know what I mean? It's more so... Behind us, make sure I was off a body for the quarterback. You know, it's not, but for us, it's you know, we've got our gaps and our keys, and you know, not specifically ours on the queue, so it's more so behind us being able to make sure we have bodies on the guy. And, and scheme, but scheme wise, does that mean a lot of times you're, you're hoping to try to get an extra guy in there to really free up things for the next level to come in and clean up? Well, you know, well, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to make sure you have the numbers for whatever they give you. I mean, and so uh, anytime the queue is a threat to run, it's always you know, you're always one gap. You got to account for so it's um, you know um, just have to make sure it's combat with your sound. It feels like this is a great chess match though because it's I know you guys want to be really really aggressive at the line of scrimmage, yet they want to obviously attack and use some indecision to their advantage. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter the opponent. You know, we still want to play physical and fast up front. I mean, you know, I just think the tempo will will um, will you know for them it'll, it'll it'll gas a little bit, but. But the way you, the style of play up front is not going to change no matter if it's, you know, Kent State or Michigan State. You know? Okay. And, and, and uh, MJ, uh, he's doing okay? Yeah, he's running an hard practice the last two days. So he's, um, he's you know, he'll, he'll um, we'll see a game day, you know, but he's practiced two full practices today. He's got reps and, you know, said it's been feeling good. So when, Typically, when you have a guy coming back from an injury like that, would he normally be on a, on a pitch count, so to speak, or a, or a, a rep limitation? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll see what he can go. You know, I mean, I'll know by Friday because my mind, you know, kind of off of the, the last three days what my thought process would be with him. Um, but it's been good so far, so we'll just kind of see how it plays out in the game. Would, would uh, Fatui be in the same same boat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're both, Fatui is 100%. Yeah. You know, so he's, he's really not on a, on a pitch count in my mind. I know a lot of Washington fans, they look at the depth chart and they see Voy at like two, I think he was like, listen, 258, mm-hmm. 260, something like that. And then everyone else is 290 to 300 plus. When you see that kind of guy, what what kind of a difference maker can he be because of his quickness or because of of kind of the specific way he can disrupt the line of scrimmage? Um, yeah, I think yeah, with Voy, he's... Um, Fundamentally, you can, it's a little different because he's, you know, at disadvantage by 30, 40 pounds. Um, so it's just the way we play blocks with him might be a little different than everybody else. Uh, but, you know, he's quick, he's strong, he can strike. So that's, 
if you can strike, you've got an equalizer right there in terms of playing blocks. And so he has that, and then he's able to get away with that because he'll, he'll strike you and he's quick. Um, and then, you know, with, with all the other different things, you know, with his quickness, he can slip blocks faster and, and take gaps faster. So that advantage him on movement, you know what I mean? So, right. But in our base stuff, it's just him playing a little differently than most. Yeah. And I know you weren't here last year to see the development of Thule, maybe from last year to this year, but I'm kind of curious how, in what ways has he kind of led the defensive line group this year? I think with more experience and just, you know, I see, I always see him on the side talking to the young ones, you know, coaching them up or um, you know, just kind of mentally helping them out with not just the playbook, but technique, you know, so it's kind of like a second, third coach out there. Um, yeah. But just being that older veteran, uh, even Tui, you know, uh, Tui's been doing the same thing. I think they're, they're, those two have had the most reps and been here the longest. And so, um, you know, with those two guys, bringing the young guys along, uh, that's been awesome. And and uh, Kowal, he's, he's a, he looks like he could be a special guy. It, do you feel like he's kind of right in line for a breakout type season? Yeah, he's just got to be right in things that we do. You know, he's just got to make sure he's fundamentally right and whether it's footwork or hand placement or those type of things, if you can be consistent with that, he can have a chance to, to do some stuff. But right. it's about him being able to lock into the details of each call. And, and um, if he can do that, yeah, no doubt. Anyone can have a breakout year. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and like Jacob, too. I mean, he maybe is someone that maybe people aren't talking about as much, but he's been here a while. Yeah. Do you feel like he's got a chance to really impact your rotation? Yeah. Oh, no, he's, a, he's definitely in the rotation. Now, Bam, is, he's, he gives you some spark, he gives you some twitch. Um, I think along along with um, um, with Kual, I mean, it's really about him just um, locking into the details of stuff. But he, he's an explosive player. I think he's um, he can give you some pass rush. He can give you some some different things up front. And so you know, he's definitely in the in the plan, and he'll be playing a lot. You know, so thank you, Coach. Right, no problem. Coach Smith. Hunting situation. I know you do special teams and just seeing the depth chart and there's two guys competing there. What, what, how would you describe the situations like there? Well, I think it's been really good competition. Um, you know, um, Jack's really, I think, gotten a lot better since we first got here. He's done a great job in the weight room of getting stronger and getting more mobile. And then uh, obviously bringing Kevin in. Kevin had a had a really good year a year ago, a veteran guy that's, you know what I mean, punted for, for three years at the college level and, and had a really good, um, you know, net punt and does a good job with hang time and placement and all that kind of stuff. So those guys are battling it out. Like every single day they're out here, and it's been good competition. They're, they're uh, you know, they're pushing each other. And uh, the good part is is that you have a lot of different options with those guys. I mean, one guy's right-footed, one guy's left-footed. Um, you know what I mean? they One guy punts better in the pocket. The other guy feels like he can get out on the on the roll and do some things there. So I do like the, uh, the um, you know, just the, the versatility between the two guys, and, and I think they're very, very similar. When we've charted them now for, you know, 15 practices in the spring and, uh, and you know, whatever, 22 practices here, 23 practices in the fall, and they're within, you know what I mean, yards of each other right now as far as total punts and stuff like that. So we'll, uh, you know what I mean, we'll, we'll make some decisions here close to the game day. I think both those guys understand, hey, they're in the game plan and that, you know, who's on the field there. We'll, uh, we've already gone through kind of our menu with how we'll use them and what punts we'll use and all that kind of stuff. When you say that they have a little bit different skill sets, is there a situation where you'd use both in a game situationally or do you like to just go with one guy? Yeah, no, I think we'd like to, you know, I mean, whoever we start with, if that guy's, you know, earn the job then we're gonna you know let him get in the rhythm a little bit and not try to uh not try to spray it around as much um you know as uh as we can i think we just know that hey if, if there is a situation where you know i mean one guy might be a little bit more powerful so he could be 
better into the wind or something like that as you get elements going and all that kind of stuff i think you have those options you know what i mean available to you but i mean all in all if it's a you know what i mean if it's a perfect day and and and, and you know it's just a a um a situation where we can go with one guy like that's the plan right now and as long as that guy performs we'll just keep rolling with him yeah hey coach um, your position group um how has Savelle come along? Really good. Really good. I think the last really um, probably 10 to 14 days, I've, I think he's gotten a lot better. I mean, he's he's way more intentional. Um, he's done a great job not only on the practice field of being consistent physically and mentally, um, but he's done a good job of working on some of, his, some of his weaknesses too as well off the field. And we talk to guys all the time, hey, you can get a lot better with your cleats off. You know what I mean? And he's really bought into that. So... Um, he's at, he's at the best I've seen him since I've been here, you know, consistently probably over the last, uh, the last 10 days, he's at his best two weeks of practice. And, you know, I think he's taken it personally that, Hey man, I want to kind of get up into that, that group of four guys there that we can just kind of roll with and rotate. And, and he's, you know, he's making progress to be able to do that. The, uh, Scott Huff said that the edge play is as good as he's seen, uh, since he's been here and he's been here about seven years, six years, whatever it is. How do how do you feel about how your guys are coming along? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we've arrived. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you you're as good as you've you know you played in the past, and our guys haven't you know lit it up up to this point right now. I think obviously if you can stop the run and do a good job there of being able to get teams in in, in uh, you know situations where they got to throw the ball, I feel like we have some you know some advantages to be able to get after the quarterback. So. Um, you know, our approach is that, that we just haven't done nothing at this point that we're going to kind of take that blue collar approach. Like we're going to go to work every day. And we got something to prove. I mean, it's, it's important in our system that when you start talking about sacks and TFLs and trying to get offenses off schedule, like those guys have got to be able to do that week in and week out. Like it's required, you know? So, um, I think up to this point, I think we've been pretty productive. Now, the, the reverse side of that is you can't be productive and destructive. You know what I mean? You can't just be out there kind of freelancing and stuff like that. you got to be able to do it within the, the structure of our system. So we still got to be – we want three-dimensional guys out there, not just guys that are good pass rushers. We want guys that can play on tight ends, that can stop the run, that can rush the pass, that can do it all. And we're still working to get to that point. When you, when you talk about that rotation, is it – or strong, or, or do you want to expand beyond that? Where, where do you kind of see in terms of who can conceivably contribute and, and how you rotate? Yeah, I mean, I think you want, like, if you can get five guys there that you feel confident in, that's probably our blueprint off of it. So we're still working with that. I still think that our fifth and sixth guy are those guys are getting reps here yet in practice, and we really emphasize those guys here the last couple of weeks just because we feel like, hey, if you're if you're going to be a championship defense, there's going to be there's going to be times throughout the season where those guys are going to be called upon to be able to make you know really important plays for you. So, um, so we've really tried to work hard on our depth here lately. I do think that you know Jeremiah and and Braylon are in a really good spot right now. I think Zion's getting really really close too as well um, as far as that goes. And then we just talked about Sav. I think he's really solidified himself there in that fourth spot here. Now, that being said, our guys got to go out and do it in a game. You know what I mean too as well. So. Um, I think four guys, I mean, play regularly, you know what I mean, off of that. And then the fifth guy will he'll be a guy that will get in there, you know, just uh, depending on how long series goes, how many plays we're playing on defense, stuff like that kind of dictates how much we'll play that guy. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, yep. Coach. You got it. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So just, just, just game weeks here. Yeah. What's kind of just your basic thoughts when you head into any game or uh, week one of any season? Uh, just making sure that we're communicating at an elite level, making sure the guys trust their eyes, trust the tips and the things that they see, and really going out and play fast and physical. So they've done they've done a great job preparing. Um, you know, they, they know what to expect. Obviously, it's the first game of the year, so you have to be ready for anything. Um, but I, I think the guys are they're aware of, you know, we got a dangerous offense coming here that's going to go really, really fast, and they're yeah. going to try to spread you out from sideline to sideline and create a bunch of one-on-one matchups. So we know we're going to have to win those, and we're going to have to cover a lot of ground. Coach Morrell did say that on Monday. He said this is an offense that wants to run 100 plays if they can. I- I'm kind of curious how that puts specific stress on Dom Hampton and Cam Fab, for instance, at the Husky position. Is this, is this the reason, these types of offenses, the reason why you feel like the Husky is, is kind of the, the preferred nickel that you guys want to use? Yeah, because you can you can do a lot of different things. If you have a guy that doesn't have to come off the field, like I said before, if you have a guy that doesn't have to come off the field, you, your playbook's open. You know, you can run a lot of different things. A lot of times, if you watch some defense, you know, they'll sub in more of a corner type guy, and then most of the time, you know, they know they're playing certain specific things. So we can line up with those guys to a bunch of different personnel groups, a bunch of different formations, and and change up looks on them. So it's definitely uh, it's exciting. I think for the secondary, it's exciting because you know they're they're going to create matchups. They got good players, and um, you know you get to go out and compete against those guys and get a chance to make some plays. Listening to the guys yesterday talk, it feels like, especially the guys that were here last year, there's a sense of kind of washing the taste out of their mouths. You know, the like four and eight doesn't exist anymore. You guys are on an even keel. How difficult is it for a new staff, or is that the easiest part? Because they, they want so badly to just kind of forget about that, almost kind of a, a defensive back mentality. Yeah, I think for those guys, you know, obviously they want to erase what last season was. A lot of those guys played, but at the same time, it's a fresh start. And so, you know, like I tell those guys, we'll only be judged on the 2022 team. So you go out in the first game, and, and you play well, and you do what you're supposed to do, and we play well as a team, that's what you'll get judged off of. So... Obviously, the past is the past, and for us, you know, it's all about the product that we put out there Saturday and the weeks to come. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching these guys go out and compete in, in the stands and watch them get after. Listening to Coach Shepard over here, uh, obviously you guys are matching which on the football field during practice. What's what's that kind of competition like? Oh, it's a good time, man. I'm in charge of Shep slamming his hat, so you see he got a lot of different hats. So he slams them, they get all dirty. So I tell the guys, just come out, and it's good competition. We got really good wideouts. Um, you know, me and Shep, we wanted to, we go back at it. He was a wide receiver, I was a DB, so the energy part's there. But at the same time, we love those guys. And so they're making us better. We're making them better. You know, the part I've really enjoyed as a coach, a lot of times, you know, I'm going in and we're going in and the wide receivers are in there watching film. And they're like, hey, coach, he's coming here. Explain to me what they were doing here. And it's vice versa. So, you know, they want to understand, hey, how how are you guys trying to attack us? What's things I can do better? Uh, J-Mac, J-Mac is the king, him and Giles, they'll, they'll come all the time. And, hey, how, how are you guys playing this? But it's good. Yeah. You know, it's showing them, hey, this is pressure points. This is what teams want to take away. So I'm excited to watch everybody play on the same team come Saturday. When you get it to the one-on-one situations, who are the guys on your side of the ball that immediately light up and you can tell 
they're taking it to a different level because of that competition? You know what, honestly, and it's not a generic answer. I think it's started at the top. You know, Jordan Pearman and Meech, they always go out there first in the standards there. So the young guys know if you're not defending and you're not playing, you won't get reps because that's a five-minute period. So sometimes you go rep and you get one play. You know, and the thing we always talk about in our meeting room is yes or no, did you win? At the end of the day, technique sometimes is out the window. Your job responsibility is out the window. You know, to me, it's all about how you start and end the play. You can have some things go wrong in the middle, but if you start the play correctly and you end the play right, you usually can win that down. So that's the motto we go by is yes or no, did we win? And at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. Obviously, it, it, it would be ideal, I suppose, to play these guys in pairs if you can do it. But obviously, we know the game never really goes the way you think it will. Who is that first uh, corner that's off the bench for you guys on Saturday? You know, it all depends really on what personnel group they come in. So we, we got different packages for different guys. So uh, that'll kind of be dictated by what they want to yep. do. But we have guys who can play a lot of different spots. And I think that's the one thing that you'll see on Saturday. There's no guarantee where you'll see guys line up, which I think that helps us as a secondary. And, you know, we've been moving a lot of guys around um, just for that reason, you know. And so you might think a guy's going in at a certain spot. You might see a certain number and assume he's playing this spot and he might not be there. So that's that's the thing that we're looking forward to. Coach DeBoer said, like I think a week ago, you got there were some guys that have been a little banged up just over the course of fall camp. How, how fresh, how, how, how good do you feel like the room is right now from good. a health standpoint? Good, good. Getting them back, guys are running around. And so the one thing you always worry about, right, it's the first game. You got emotion. You got – it's an actual football game, you know. And so it's like how long does it take those guys to hit their first sign of fatigue, you know. And so we, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll manage that. Um, but then – you know, after they get settled in and get to playing football, it's football, and they're going to have fun, and that's the one thing we talked about. They've been playing the game since they were little kids, so nothing changes now. It's just a lot more people coming to watch them play.